All right, cool. So it crashed and obviously I don't know how to fix this um, and there's really nothing I can do. So I immediately gathered myself and left. I didn't tell Mike or Celia where I was going. I just left. I needed to think. I literally spent hours crying to Celia about how I wasn't even sure if I wanted to keep this going and I needed some time for myself. Plus, you know, a good dramatic exit always gets my blood flowing. So I got in the elevator, saw the spa button, and just headed right there. I bought everything I needed at the counter, bathing suit, flip-flops, and just got right inside the water. I went straight to the waterfall and just stood under it. It felt so good. I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't even hear my own thoughts. I must have stood under that waterfall for like a good 30 minutes. I honestly think that was the closest I've ever gotten to finding Zen in my whole life. And once I sat in the hot tub, I realized I was very grateful for the fact that I'd even gotten this far. Technically, you know, I had enough money to probably go to a good school in like a relevant city or maybe put down a down payment. I felt like I really shouldn't push my luck any further, but I also knew that I definitely needed to get myself a Chanel. So I got out of the tub and went right to the Chanel store. At first, they didn't like me in the store because I was like dripping, not ice, but dripping water all over the place from the spa and nobody wanted to help me out. And then, you know, I picked out a few items and all of a sudden I was like their best friend. The sales guy came up to me and was like, champagne, miss. And I was like, no. And I literally almost puked just to the scent of alcohol. But I could tell at that point my blood sugar was starting to run low. So I told him to charge everything in the room and I went up to the hotel restaurant, ordered myself a pasta dish, a burger with sides. It was a whole vibe. Now, I don't know if it was the double fried onion rings or something in my ginger ale. Still, unlike most hangovers, I felt this higher calling of relief that I was just done with the platform. We had a good ride, but it was time to wrap it up take the money and just call it a day. I knew that I still had about like a month worth of cash to pick up, like even with the platform crash. And since the last one was just under hundred K, I figured, you know, this one would probably be a bit better. It was cool to have money and all, but like, I definitely didn't need it. I just wanted to help my family like live a bit more comfortably. And I felt like I could do that now. I spent a lot of time thinking about how legends are really just iconic because they stop while they're on top or die. Like kind of similar to what Rihanna's doing with her music career, except unintentionally. So this was a really big decision to make, but it had to be made. I wanted to stop while I was still on top. So I wiped down my grease covered fingers and headed back up to let Mike and Celia know that this was the end. Let me just say so one more time. So, so I got back to the room. I tried to open the door very quietly. I was hoping to just sneak by, you know, get a couple more minutes to gather myself before telling them. But uh, Celia caught me. Where have you been? You left your phone here. Oh, um. I fixed the platform. What? The platform had so much traffic that the server just couldn't handle the load. Huh, that's what she said. So I took a deep breath. I had a lot of mixed feelings, but at least a decision was made which gave me a sense of confidence. Mike told me we would have to go back immediately and go get new servers. I asked if we could store them all at his apartment and he laughed and said, I'd rather you didn't. Okay, I'll pay you like rent to store them, come on. No, that's not my problem. 
You pay me to run them, not store them. At that moment, it seemed really dumb to me that Mike wouldn't want to store the servers. I was literally willing to pay him for it. But I guess he saw it as like a liability. Whatever. Anyways, I couldn't do it at mine because my apartment was way too small. And I couldn't ask Celia because she still lives at home with her parents. It had to be someone that I could trust with my life. Oh, also, side note, if it wasn't clear, I was definitely not planning on telling Celia and Mike that I'd come to the realization that we were going to give up on the platform. Um, mainly because even though Mike wouldn't store the servers for me, the fact that he went ahead and fixed them while I wasn't even there really showed me that I could trust him and we were going to go far. We all sat on the couch with our respective cell phones or laptops. I was looking through my contact list, seeing if I can get any type of inspiration. Mike was on Tinder, trying to find the girl that he was talking to the night before, and Celia was looking at the platform. Did you give Yeti his $20 last week? He's won like every game for two weeks in a row. Oh my god, Yeti! That was it! I'll hide the servers in my little cousin's room. I looked over at Celia, gave her this huge kiss on the forehead and told her she was a genius! At that time, the platform was being hosted on servers at Mike and Saul's office and it became a priority to get new ones so that the platform wouldn't crash again. Plus, obvious security reasons. So, I gave Mike my visa, told him to buy whatever we needed. I took out my phone and sent a message to Yeti, telling him to call me as soon as possible. A few hours passed and he finally gave me a call. And this was the second time this week that I would make someone an offer they couldn't refuse. Except this time, it was a lot lighter on my pocket. Yeti agreed to secretly store the servers for me in his closet for a mere $40 a week. So Mike and I had to sneak in and set it up, which wouldn't be too hard since once 9 p.m. hit, my aunt and uncle were parked in front of the TV watching The Crown for the next three hours straight. All we had to do was sneak in through the window which is precisely what would happen. I'm getting ahead of myself. Fast forward, we returned from Vegas the following day after the crash to deal with it. Plus, Celia and I still had a few more shifts at the shop we had to work. Listen, I loved the Vegas life, and I knew if Celia and I got all our shifts covered the following week, we would be right back there. Being back at the shop, working behind the counter, typing out people's nicknames for every player, was like an out-of-body experience. I couldn't stop visualizing them from the angle of the video camera and wondering like, who's gonna be the most bet on player on the platform during this game? I looked at Celia. Should we bet on who's going to be the most bet on player in this game? Too far. That night, Mike and I set up the servers in Yeti's closet. Yeti demanded an extra $40 for helping us sneak in. That sly little bugger was learning the world of negotiation. I was both proud and terrified. Imagine if he knew how much money I actually have. That could be really bad. A couple of days went by. It was finally time for my appointment to go pick up payment from Randall. I would go alone this time as Celia had to work and I wasn't too keen on getting Mike involved in the cash side just yet. Once I got into the building, I was quickly escorted by one of his assistants to the office. They asked me if I wanted anything to drink and I said no. I remember how uncomfortable it was last time holding $97,000 in cash. I didn't want anything to keep me there a second longer than I needed to. 
Randall walked into the office. He was talking to someone on his Bluetooth headset. You know, I sincerely thought the market for those had been destroyed by AirPods, but apparently boomers are keeping it alive. A few seconds later, he got off the call and asked me how I was doing. He called me his favorite girl, which made me more uncomfortable than I expected. I was also unsure why until he passed me my payment. BAM! That bag was much larger than the bag he'd handed me previously when I was there with Celia. In fact, this time, it wasn't even a grocery bag. I'd worked my way up to a large duffel. There was a pause. Before I could even ask, he told me, 638,000. There's a lot of different things in life that can happen in a split second and just change everything. You know, a car crash, a birth, a diagnosis, violence, all things I figured I'd experience at some point in my life. Getting over half a million dollars in a duffel bag slid across the floor to me was not one of them. I called a taxi and went straight home. Immediately, I spiraled again. Part of me grateful I treated myself to two purses at Chanel instead of one. The other part of me wondering, how am I going to keep this up? Now, I realize I am a broken record, but it's not like I have a mentor to help me out through this, and turns out there's no masterclass on how to run an underground laser tag gambling ring. And I would know! I checked! I asked Mike and Celia if they could take the next week off and head back to Vegas in the morning. They were down. I knew I needed to start thinking bigger. I needed to start getting more involved with the platform ASAP. I began googling helicopters to Vegas instead of flights since it was only two hours away and, you know, well, perks of being a baller, I guess. I get a text from Yeti to come over and I told him, sorry, I can't, I'm busy, we'll catch up another time. He insisted and as much as I hate to admit it, I was at his mercy. I figured an hour of Zelda wouldn't kill me, so I jumped in a taxi, got my phone out to start coordinating everything for Vegas and we came to a stop. I looked up for one second. All I saw was my aunt holding Yeti by his ear on the front porch. My stomach sank. Worst $40 I've ever spent. Do you care to tell me what the hell is going on in Yeti's closet? 